Hi, this is the Now Showroom Podcast number 33. Yep. It is now the 6th of the 1st, Wednesday. Yep. So this is our first Wednesday podcast. As we mentioned in our previous podcast, we will be now doing regular podcasts on Wednesdays as well as on Sundays. So twice a week now. Twice a week. Yep. And I'll tell you one thing, this has been a doozy of a week, to wow. say the least. We've just yep. been smashing through the movies and we're still going through a lot of TV, TV shows, shows as yeah. well. So Wednesday, will, we're having another podcast on Wednesday gives us more of a breather um, in terms a breather. of content. That's, yeah, that's because we, yeah, because we really don't want to push in um, too, many, too many things into one podcast. So that's the primary reason for us um, having a second podcast. Secondary reason is because we've, we can see that we do have people downloading our podcasts um, and the number seems to be growing. And I think it's, in, in some ways, it's a lot of content to try and smash through once a week. Yeah. So at least we kind of break it up. Yeah. Um, but it gives us a chance to speak, I would say, more openly mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, for about, and for longer about, about the, certain movies, yeah, movies instead of trying seen. to compact everything in such a short time. Yeah. And, um, exactly. So welcome to Wednesday's podcast. Welcome to Wednesday. 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 Yes. <laughs> okay, so the, the first one we've seen uh, is, a, is a wonderful little documentary called Booksellers. Booksellers, yeah. And I've I seen this for quite a while and never really kind of picked up on it. I saw it um, coming up, uh, you know, appearing every now and then on people's lists, like watch lists um, on Letterboxd, and that's, where, that's basically where I found it. Um, and thought, oh, you know what, check out the trailer, and yeah. I mean, we, we actually do quite like documentaries, we just don't get enough time to, to watch many of them. Yeah, I mean, like, jeez, but mm. lots of things, you can you can only choose what you what you can manage. Yeah, exactly. So it's good when you find something that's that's worthy of the time that you spend. Yeah. Um, so, Booksellers is basically about books. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> it's about selling funnily books. Funnily enough. Yeah. And collecting books. Yeah, it's it's more focused on the New York um, collectors scene. Yeah, scene book, and rare the, book scene. Rare book scene and also yeah. the fair that happens. Yeah, the New York as fair. Well. Yeah. Um, and that was really book kind book. of my only beef with it because it just was just so eccentrically just focused on New York and nowhere else. Yeah. Um, I guess. Well, I guess that's where the hub is. I'm, I'm guessing the heart of rare books being collected. Um, really? Yeah, I think so. I actually think that's. Well, That's probably the... maybe North America, but I wouldn't say Europe. No? Yeah, true, true. I would say Europe is probably going to I would imagine it. it would be quite big over there as well. well massive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I guess it's limited in that sense that it's focused on, on, on some of the more prolific uh, booksellers and book collectors mm-hmm. in New York. Um, so if you're, a book, if you're interested in books in any shape or form, this is definitely a good documentary to watch yeah and it's not like the generic like collecting only books from like the 1300s and 1400s mm. there's actually quite a decent range like there's like this uh, african-american woman that collects uh content about hip-hop music from the 1980s and 1990s and she's trying to find all these unusual articles about you know like the notorious brg or that Tupac. was actually really and that was yeah, actually that was i think really awesome because yeah um, so yeah, so it, so in some ways it is limited because as Jeremy mentioned, it does focus quite a fair bit on the New York um, rare book collecting scene, um, but it also does shine a light on some of the lesser less known and, and Yeah, and like that collectors. woman that was just collecting um, books written by 
American woman from the 1800s and like the 1900s mm. and also 20th century. Yeah, so some of yeah some of the collections I have to say Where were very it? very specific. Yeah. Um, and you could really only appreciate that I think if you were a collector yourself. Yeah. Um, so you know it's really it's really catering to collectors, but it is also um, catering to people like us who have an interest. But you know I'm not necessarily going to go out yeah. and start a career as a bookseller or a book collector. Yeah, I mean, um, it gives you a, it gives you an overview I think of rare book collecting. Yeah, it's very elitist. I can tell you that straight away. Mm, it kind of felt that way. And it felt like it was, it was like look, well. look at me, I got this, and you don't almost. And uh, well, I mean, and, you know, collecting. Yeah, I know, I if, know. With anything, anything can be expensive. No, um, that's not what I was going to say. No. What I was going to say was with collecting anything. Okay, it doesn't matter whether it's you know um, books, um, Star Wars figures. You know, it doesn't matter. It does get kind of. A little competitive and, and I think that if you are a collector you'll understand that um, sometimes it does tend to get a little bit uh, a little bit competitive I mean it's entirely up to the person what they want to collect yeah but at the same time are you uh, are those people just collecting it because the they of, can yeah or yeah. are they do they have an actual vivid interest because with all the mm. books that I own and I only got a very small collection of physical books I read every single one of them I try to <laughs> yeah but some of these people got like twenty thousand or ten thousand yeah. books, and, and there's no like, way, there's no way in a lifetime they could read all of those books. Yeah, but it's kind of sad at the same time. They're just kind of collecting yeah. them, and then you I get guess. people that will just collect them and keep them in their personal collection, and it's just like. Well, see, that's what I do with some of my things. I mean, I, I am a collector, but not a box. I collect Star Wars figures. Yeah, but the thing but is, box. There, there may be books that like the internet may not even know about. Mm, At least with Star Wars, a lot of the stuff is known. Yeah, yeah. I would true. say 100 percent of the stuff is mm. known. But with some books, there's probably some very rare books that will never see the light of day because they're in some dusty old man's attic. Mm, good point. Or, that actually brings me to that point of what Bill Gates did when he bought yeah. that really rare Leonardo da Vinci yeah. book, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah. put it on. I'm pretty sure he put it online. on Carter. Put it online. That's a good thing. Yeah. And then they talk about. Then they showed it briefly about some Saudi prince that bought a four hundred million dollar painting that's in that's yacht. tucked away somewhere where no one can see it. Mm. Yeah. So I guess you know that yeah that kind of does give you an interesting kind of perspective on you know the reasons why people collect what they do, um, especially books. Um, and as Jeremy said, some of them do come across as a little, you know, it's something for people who only have a lot of money. Um, but, you know, some of those families, like, like the family, when they focused on that, 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 that family of um, sisters. Yeah, but that was also disheartening as well. Mm. Like they were, they were allowed to finally enter this official kind of boys club. And then they had to prove to the boys club that they were worthy of entering mm -hmm. even though they've been predominantly the, 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 the best booksellers book in the whole of New York City for the last hundred years or so yeah. and that was just like a slap in the face yeah and you know what the sad thing about it is that it's that true. doesn't even well it's true but also doesn't surprise me yeah it doesn't surprise me at all that women in general um, ha had a very hard time of proving them proving you know proving themselves to be worthy collectors and knowledgeable in the field I guess and I suppose that that's um, one part of it that kind of yeah, irked me a little bit is that you know it's very much as a boys club. Yeah, but I mean yeah. I don't know if it's like that now. I mean this I would movie, say it is. yeah, this this movie was made rather recently. When was it released? Twenty nineteen. So 
I guess, you know, there are always, always going to be those sorts of struggles. But I think there's elitists in everything. If you're collecting shoes, that's probably yeah, the worst. as you would know. Pokemon <laughs> cards. Yeah. There's, there's, it's everything. It's just everything does revolve around money. I mean, yeah. there was a great incentive about, they were talking about, um, they were giving awards out to women that were just collecting books, but from any value. Not doesn't yeah, have not to be rich, and, yeah. and I thought that was a great thing. Yeah, there were a couple of collectors that had that, that kind of content. Like it wasn't um, that, that whatever they were collecting didn't have a lot of value, but it's, it's in, terms of, in terms of value to its, them. Yeah, value to them it did, yeah. but value to other people, no, not necessarily. And then you get and, people that are spending like a hundred, like was like a one million dollars reinforcing their apartment. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I that's where it comes down to the person. I mean, it is very much like anything that. A singular, you know, person does or takes on as a project is that it's very much a reflection of of what you like and what you want to collect. Um, I mean, as an example, I don't collect every single Star Wars figure, as you know that. Yeah. I only focus on certain figures. It's the same sort of thing. I mean, you know, there are some people that just collect absolutely everything, yeah. and there are people like me yeah. who are very specific. They do. That dude that was collecting purses. Yeah. As a side job. Okay, so you collect, <laughs> exactly. you've got 10,000 books, might as well get some purses. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I guess, you know, it, the, 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 in terms of the movie, it's good enough, you know, to watch, even if you're not necessarily a, a books, you know, I think it's more, I think it's better for collectors even, in or, general. Yeah, collecting in general, yeah. So, yeah, so we definitely um, had, a, you know, as you can tell, we had a lot to say about this movie. It was actually a pretty good documentary. Mm. Um, so we gave that three and a half stars. Uh, okay, so our second, uh, our second uh, movie for the week, um, Songbird, twenty twenty. I actually believe this movie would have done better without COVID. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, I agree. It's been getting really bad reviews, and yeah. I don't actually know why. Well, I I can tell you. Yeah, it's because <laughs> of COVID. It's because of COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, but there are also really big flaws in the film. Like, oh, I actually. Yeah, but come on, it's yeah. better than some of the movies I've seen this year. Yep. And I won't argue but, that. But people were giving it like you know. Yeah, like, one one uh, one uh, critic gave it zero. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's not that, that bad. Was. Like okay, there were some dumb parts in it, but it was a lot better. I think it was pretty flawed, but it was yeah. actually I think world building wise was actually pretty good. I agree with that too, because you know what, it actually did give a very realistic um, perspective. I, I think, think that's why people didn't like and it. And I think that's exactly. Remember I said that. Yeah. I, I actually said to Jeremy when we were talking about this film that this has had the worst ratings um, and it's probably because all the Doom Scrollers in the world, and if you don't know what a Doom Scroller is, look it up, um, probably saw this and was like, and no. were like, nah, this is too much like real life. Yeah, they probably I'm watched giving like, it a zero. They probably honestly it just watched 20 minutes of it and just turned it off and went, no, nah, I'm not watching this, it's crap. Yeah. Because it's too, it's too real. And you know what? It is very real. I'm pretty sure that's the idea of it. I mean, the title itself is a little bit deceiving because it's Songbird, and I remember when you when we were talking about the title, you said it's something to do with like people, well, yeah, people because, being in cages. Okay, so the the scenario is it's COVID twenty three. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what COVID twenty three. Um, and a lot of the people are kind of isolated in their own homes. Yeah. But there are also immune people that that are essentially doing you know like the worker bee jobs, you know like curing stuff out. Yeah. And we, it follows one guy. And yep. he's essentially Nico, played by KJ. Yeah, Apa. KJ Apa, yep. and he is essentially a courier, but it's and then he's obviously free to do anything he wants. Yeah, because he's immune. 
and the way I see it almost as well is like Songbird is a bird in a cage mm. and he's looking at all the birds in the cage yeah, as well. Yeah, because um, he mentions something like that when, or she, she Demi mentions Moore, like, Demi Demi Moore Demi mentions Moore. something. Yeah, so basically it's set in 2024, so that's a good, what, four, three, four years away. Um, three years away, sorry. Um, so, so it is set slightly in the future, but it's in a reality where the virus is winning and has won. And society has completely, I guess, broken down to the point where the sanitation crew, yeah. like the sanitation people who, you know, the people who pick up your rubbish, they are essentially running this, the city um, and, and under martial law yeah. as well. And as you can imagine, the rich are the rich. Yeah. They, they live in their ivory palaces. Yeah, but they still have to go into the slums. Yeah, they have to go into the slums. <laughs> to get that's, what, that's one part of it that I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, well, he wasn't, yeah, exactly. So um, the other thing I liked about it is, is the use of technology in this film because um, it does actually depict a couple of, like the characters are all very different, but it, the main story follows KJ Upper's character and his girlfriend, who he, he has never met. I just want to say that because that's actually quite important. He has never actually met this girl because when, obviously, when they met, it was during the pandemic. So they've never actually been able to see each yeah. other. Um, and he's he's already a, a, immune. So anyone that is immune has like a bracelet that they have to wear um, permanently mm. to identify them as people that are immune. And those people can just venture out pretty much anywhere they want. Um, and because of that, they are actually disliked. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually um, hated yeah, like, because of that. Because as you can imagine, all the people that are still living, you know, having to be in lockdown, and this is a good two to three year lockdown. So we're not talking a couple of weeks here. We're talking a two year lockdown situation. So as you can imagine, it's very dire. It's a very dire it's, situation. It's, it was. It was awesome because. Well, it's not really awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, like, I awesome, mean, like, you mean the movie? Meant like the movie, the yeah. depiction of, the, of of like what could potentially happen. Happen. Yeah. Um, the other the, thing, the other thing that I didn't like was, uh, I mean, the other thing I did like, sorry, was the whole aspect of where you're treated kind of a subhuman if you get sick, and you're just pushed into a wow. Q, a Q zone. I, you know what? If, if I reckon if it came down to it, it probably would happen like that. And that's the part I think that people just couldn't handle. Yeah, it's just yeah. too bleak. I actually think it was too bleak and too realistic for some people. Um, also, the this, the love story was a little bit cheesy. I'm yeah, just, okay, I'm not going to lie. I actually believe that a lot of the reviews are not warranted. And yeah. I actually believe a lot of people should actually see this because it's actually not that bad. Yeah. And there's some great performances in this. Yeah, KJ Upper's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Demi Moore. But, but oh yeah, Demi Moore's actually really yeah. awesome. And also um, the the bad the villain. Yeah. What's his name? Peter Storm. Peter Stormare. Storm. He's gosh, he is a vicious person, yeah. and he plays his role so well in this. Um, and see, because people read read Rotten Tomatoes, they're gonna they're gonna completely miss this. And unless you're listening to us, you know, just two little podcasters from New Zealand, you're never going to get this perspective, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to put it, put it on the website as well as talk about it on the podcast. Because some, you know what, some movies deserve a voice, even if everyone else in the world that's that's important is saying, yeah, it's crap. I reckon, honestly, if this movie came out before the pandemic, it'd be a different rating. I reckon so too. It would be probably twice as good as yeah. what people are saying. Um, and there's also the soundtrack, which I have actually listened to. Yeah, the soundtrack's, the soundtrack's good. amazing. It's got some awesome songs on it. Visual effects-wise, was really and good. The, but yeah, but the what about the technology though? Technology like was drone, cool. Using drones to, to to scout 
around the city. Scout. I mean, that's really uh, smart. And like this kind of UV storage thing. So if you get something delivered, you put it in the UV, UV thing. UV storage, yeah. And, and then, then it sanitizes it. Sanitizes it. Yeah, sanitizes it. And then you can touch it. Yeah. So, yeah. Stuff like that is actually really thought out. That's pretty, that was pretty forward thinking, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, use yeah. of, the use of social media is pretty relevant well, yeah, even because now. one of the characters in it yeah. is actually a girl that sings on YouTube. Songbird, she, essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Played actually, by Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. That character was interesting. Um, so yeah. So you know what? If you see this and you and you're not you know you you haven't <laughs> you haven't been phased by the negative reviews, then check it out. We'd love to know what you think. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was Songbird. Um, and let's get to the cringe. <laughs> the Netflix after party. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, um, they do talk about uh, Cobra Kai in this one. Which was the only reason Which is the only reason on. why. Yep, that's... Uh, yeah. But the whole initial kind of experience watching it is... It just seems so fake what and is, cringeworthy. Yeah, it felt forced David to me. David Spade, his jokes were just yeah. awful. I'm sorry, but you know what? I don't even dislike this guy as an actor. I actually have liked quite a few of his films. But as a host, uh, for me, he just seemed so uninterested in everything. Like he was, the way that he would announce something, there was like no excitement in his voice. There's, there was nothing. There was just no enthusiasm at all. But and just, kind the of, jokes were just so like yeah, they were just not so funny. yeah, they weren't funny. They were kind and, of lame. <laughs> and um, you know, and and if you're going to be a host, I mean, I've never hosted anything before, um, other than this, you know, other than a podcast with with Jeremy. Yeah. But if you're a host, you know, you as an audience, you know what you want from a host. You want the host to be the person that draws you into what they're what they're showing you. You know, they have to have enthusiasm and they have to have, um, you know, most people who are hosts. I mean, take. Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. Perfect example of someone who, you know, she gives to her audience what they what they expect. She's humorous. You know, she's yeah. She's basically she's funny all the way through. I only mentioned her because she was the first person yeah. to talk about Yeah, I was. But thinking, you know, there has been thinking, some there has been some um some controversy yeah, around Ellen. I would say a lot DeGeneres, of controversy. Yeah, of late. Say, I but I mean, say, as an example, she yeah. you know she's a very good host. And same with Oprah Winfrey. I should have really used Oprah yeah, Winfrey. Oprah, Oprah's a um, great host. Oprah Winfrey is another example of someone who is a wonderful host. You know, she gives to the audience. She keeps them interested. And you know she's enthusiastic about the things that she has on her show. That's what you kind of expect. And I really feel that the host, the host, not hosts, the other two were actually pretty good. They were funny. Well, they were. They, they, they were, were more kind enthusiastic. Of, yeah, but they were still at that same time kind yeah, of but mediocre. Yeah, but still the jokes. Yeah, whoever it was that did the writing for the jokes, you know, the, so... they don't work. They just don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we. So as you can imagine, we didn't really like this, and we gave it a one. Yep. I think it was a one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. And that was the Netflix after party. Um, Next one, Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. Now, I had seen this on, on Letterboxd. Yep, there were a few people um, I follow on Letterboxd that, were, that had mentioned that this was pretty interesting to watch. I do like Evan Rachel Ward as an actress, so I thought, she no, is why just, not? She's, she's, she is amazing. She's this. amazing in this. <laughs> yep. Um, um, so what is it about? <laughs> well, let's let's think about this. It's about a family of con, Artists. con artists, con yeah. artists. 
mum and dad. Mum and dad and daughter. And daughter. Who's and 26. Who's 26. And they essentially brainwash her yeah. and at first, into this lifestyle. Yeah. It's like she has basically been manipulated her entire life by her parents. Um, who, you know, it's quite interesting because they are scam artists, but they actually are living a scam themselves because they're scamming their child um, of literally everything. When, when you watch the film, you kind of understand how bad it is for her. But even Rachel Ward plays a 26-year-old who you kind of get the impression she's either autistic or she's been completely or, or homeschooled. homeschooled, and that's how they just treated her. And they've treated her as like and a cage, kind of like she's caged in, right? Yeah, totally. She's yeah. totally caged in. Mm. Um, it's... it's it's she supposed to be funny, and it is funny, but it's also very sad at the same time. I didn't think it was funny. It I was... actually thought it was kind of sho a bit shocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say dark humour is probably right, but it's not definitely not funny ha-ha. Um, in fact, it's anything but that, because the nature of what they do is actually pretty dark. I mean, you know, you're, you're essentially looking at a family of scam artists who are looking for a way to rob you of everything yeah. that you have. Um, and not only that, they avoid pay when they finally do make money, they avoid paying their bills. So they've got zero responsibility for themselves and less responsibility for their daughter. And as long as she's doing exactly what they want, then they're happy. They're happy, and they're, yeah. they're essentially screwing her it's, like it's, of life. Honestly, it's one of the most dysfunctional families. I've oh, ever it is. Yeah, it's pretty um, pretty close. It did did it did kind of remind me a little bit of. Uh, I think I did say this to Parasite, a little bit of Parasite and a little yeah. bit of Shoplifters. Yeah, well, Parasite definitely, because that's more of the long con. Why with um, Shoplifters? Shoplifters. It's, just about shoplifting. it's like a daily scam. Yeah, yeah that daily playing. scam. So it's kind of, I'm not saying it's like that, there were just elements of it that reminded me of that. Mm. Um, but it's completely different in terms of the relationship that, that because in, in Shoplifters, that family was so was, well knitted. They were so they close and so tight. Other. And they loved each other. Whereas yeah. this family, yeah, there's just nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah. yeah, it's actually really sad, like Jeremy was saying. That part of it is actually quite depressing when you think about mm. family and what family is supposed to mean. But yeah, so even Rachel Ward is fantastic. Uh, um, and I really have to ask, she's actually given a really strange name in this. Yeah. Old Dulio. Yeah. That's her name. There is a reason behind it, which we won't spoil. But, yeah, it's, it, that is her name. That is her actual name, Old Dulio. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> and she's actually, she lives up to that name because she actually is kind of like a really old person in a young body. She kind of acts. It's because, like, yeah. yeah like she's, she's been treated so crap in her entire life. Yeah. Exploited. Yeah. And the best part of it is pretty much near the end. Yeah, I would yeah. say towards the end of it, that's where it gets good. We should talk about Gina um, Rodriguez's character. Oh, she's amazing. She's actually, I Melanie. actually think she's amazing in it. Yeah. Gina Rodriguez kind of comes in like a breath of fresh air, as you can imagine, because she is... How did they meet again? I can't actually They met on a flight. Oh, that's right. Trying to con... <laughs> trying to con... Like, he was, they yeah, were trying to They're doing him. a scam. They're doing yeah, a they're scam, trying to scam on a flight. Yeah. They, they, they managed to come across her... And you know what? Bless her heart. She she's a very lonely girl, mm. and um, somehow she I falls guess she in. Yeah, I guess she just saw something in them that, that yeah. she that she needed. Um, I guess the family unit thing is kind of what enticed her to begin with. Yeah. But then, yeah, things changed. And yeah. but it's it's a wonderful story, and I th I think um, it sheds a lot of life about like what you really need in life 
and what, and you, what don't. you don't need in life. Yeah. And, and, and that whole thing about family, you know, you, you can't you can choose your friends but you can't choose yeah. your family. That's very much what this, you know, this kind of it has like the, the, the meaning that whole meaning behind yeah, you can't choose who you, you can't choose who you're kind of born what you're born exactly. into. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was Cajillionaire. And we're up to our final movie. Nomadland. Yeah, I've been waiting a long time for this. Me too. And um, <laughs> it is a worthy movie of waiting wow. for. Um, it blew my mind, honestly. Yeah, so this is a very, very kind of, like, oh God, like, present movie. Yeah. In the sense that there are a lot of people that are, become nomadic. Yeah. Live yeah, in their so, vans. Yeah. Yeah, so, so essentially this is a film, that, the reason why it's called Nomadland, because that's a nickname for that place, right? Yeah. Where, they, where all the rubber tramps go. Yeah. yeah, so if you know anything at all about the nomad life, um, it's, it's basically about, it follows uh, Frances McDormand's character, who is a 60-something woman who is living out of her van. Um, and it kind of follows her life and, and how it progresses through going from different place to place, how she travels that way, how she gets where she needs to be, and everything in between, who she meets on the way. And it actually shows you how rich her life is. Yeah. I mean, she gets, she, I think she's called a homeless person, right? She gets called homeless by oh, some, yeah. oh yeah, by those people she sees at the yeah, supermarket. Because I, I think originally she was the teacher, like, I think she, she was, was teaching. Yeah, she was te homeschooling them. Homeschooling them. Yeah, I think she was their tutor yeah. for a little while. And yeah. Um, I really liked what she said about that because one of the daughters that she was homeschooling said yeah. to her, oh, are you homeless? And she said, no, no, I'm not homeless. And then went straight into like teacher money and goes, so did you keep any of the knowledge that I, that, I taught yeah. you? Yeah, that was and, awesome. Like, she, um, it's, 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 it's a very touching, it is it's a very touching, touching film. It's a very sad, but, kind of, yeah, but empowering at the same time. Yeah. Um, you've so. got to understand that there are a lot of people and I've seen a lot of documentaries about people who are older who have just wa always wanted to travel so they sell everything and they go in RVs and they travel or they go into vans and travel and then you get gutter punks and then you get a whole bunch of other people digital nomads as well doing the same thing uh, why this is more focused on the older generation that yeah. want to travel yeah. and I thought that was harrowing and mm. a tough subject to film because I think some people are romanticized by the vision of van life and yeah. it's not easy it's actually mm. a very hard thing a lot of people just think it's like some you know like like Instagram you know like yeah, success story. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, now I, I mean the closest thing I can I can come to it because obviously I've never lived as a nomad before, um, but the closest thing I can come to the feeling um, about that kind of lifestyle is when you go on um, overseas trips. You, you know, you're the tourist um, in all these different places, and the way that you feel about this pla that pla those places, you can be like, oh, you know what, I'd love to live here. But there's a very different, you know, it is a very different thing from when you're on you know on a holiday somewhere to being someone who lives in that place yeah. and I actually think that's kind of the same sort of thing it's like you're looking at these people with their freedom and you know they don't have any sh they don't have any responsibilities yeah other, but there's always sacrifices the they, they think there's all pros and no sacrifices yeah. and there's a lot of sacrifices yeah. and that's the problem I think the problem is is that they're like with anything there are pros and cons and 
you know, one of the biggest cons that is actually shown in the movie is when everything that you rely on, in other words, I mean, she's living out of her van, okay, so her van is her house, you just have to imagine it as she has everything of work, everything of importance in this, this van, so if something happens to the van, then she's kind of stuck. She's absolutely screwed. And the thing about being a nomad is there's a reason why they call them nomads is because they end up in places that no one else will go. Yeah, the boondocks, yeah. they end up in the desert, yeah. it, it could be almost anywhere. Yeah. But the majority of these people don't know any mechanical skills. Or they don't have any survivalist skills either. Because, you know, she, I mean, she was learning She some, was learning She was learning things as she went. Yeah. But it did, it did kind of strike me that she'd done, like, no background, like, work on how this kind of lifestyle would, you know, how she'd be able to do this kind of lifestyle and sustain it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the problem with a lot of people when they think about this kind of lifestyle. They think, oh yeah, you know, it's only I'm only going for like a few months or, or six months or whatever. And then they end up realizing that it's a day-to-day -day struggle just to be able to get from one point to the next. Have enough money for your fuel. I mean, you know, you've got to be self-contained. Yeah, you basically well, she's have like, to be. like um, she met wonderful lady and, she, and the lady was like you don't have a spare tire yeah she couldn't believe it yeah it's like you she gotta couldn't, she, she couldn't believe yeah. how unprepared she was and that was that was one of the beautiful things about this movie is that it's it actually felt almost like a i mean it's a, definitely a movie and not a documentary but it kind of felt like a documentary you know how you watch those documentaries where that go behind the scenes of something and they show you how it really is yeah. that's what it reminded me of it was like taking an, an insider's look into that kind of that kind of lifestyle um, which for me wasn't romanticized at all because it's the, the raw reality of living on the road yeah um, and that's what I loved about it yeah yeah, I, I love know. that. I mean, on, on Instagram especially, it's very romanticized. And people just yeah. like flock to the idea that van life is the new way and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree. But you've got to understand that this is not easy work. Yeah. Especially, like, that's actually a really good point yeah. you bring up. Work. Okay, so if you are someone that's going from place to place, then how do you, you know, one of probably one of the most widely asked questions I would say would that would be how do you make a living well there's two ways depending on your age I don't know what the retirement age is in the states but here it's 65 um, so if you are 65 and over then you are entitled to a, um, a, a what do they call it a superannuation what we call superannuation and that's basically your wages okay so you're entitled to that when you hit a certain age I think in the states it's like your social uh, is it social security that is a similar thing so when you hit a certain age you can retire and then you get paid by the government pretty much um, she is at that age to retire but she cannot live on what the government's providing and that's pretty much the same thing for everyone in this yeah movie. I, I found that the most harrowing thing it's yeah. just like she's trying to do ends meet and like yeah trying to make ends meet she's just practically just getting screwed day after day after day and I, th I thought that was the saddest thing about it because even though this is a movie it's it it's, felt like it was no real. it's real yeah. it's honestly people are like this yeah. like people and that's what's that is what's so amazing about this film is that it's the the real the realism in it really does kind of feel like as i was saying a behind the scenes look into what life would really be like um, and you know, it, and then what's so another really awesome aspect of it is that they are actually using, I think, real people that yeah, they are nomads, people that yeah. actually do this for a living. Um, I, I think are used in the film as you know as um, characters that are 
um, that she comes across on her journey and it's just yeah it's just amazing um, but it's a, it's a wonderful story um, and it's a sad story for her because essentially um, her story is she lived in an empire the, the, the main mine went under yeah. and then essentially the entire town after that just disappeared just just yeah. decided to leave yeah everyone and just like, left you think about that imagine mm. if you lived in a major city and then everyone just did a up max and uh, up and left exodus yeah. Yeah. and like you know i really commend her for doing what she did mm. but yeah and that's possibly the reason why she was unprepared for some of the things that happened to yeah, her. Totally. Yeah, totally. Like, her van was not insulated from what I could see. She was very kind she, of ill-prepared. She was making repairs as she went. Yeah. Which, you know, so, it's, so basically it was just a normal van and she converted it into a house. Um, not an easy feat no. at all, as this movie shows you. Like, she's, she's pretty much making repairs the entire time to yeah. different aspects of the van. Um, until it totally craps out on her and then she's kind of she's got no plan B she has no money um, you know because you're living from paycheck to paycheck um, whenever you get it and you have to work so you have to basically yeah. go from and the, place to yeah, place yeah and the worst thing is like and find work like the, some of the places you go it's like you can, we can't even give you a job it's too hard yeah. she was working in a, in a quarry yeah a quarry at one point she yeah. worked at Amazon she was Doing she was like flipping burgers. Flipping burgers. Yeah. Um, she worked in a, in a natural like a, par like national natural, park. National park at a camp. I mean, you I, would, I just 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 the idea of living it this way for some people would be like, no, thank you, and I can totally understand. And that's yeah. the reason why it's so important, you know, for something like this, you really have to have a very very knowledgeable idea of what you're getting yourself into to live like this. Yeah, and I, I actually found. Um, I actually believe that this movie will actually change a lot of people from from older to younger, because we're only gonna only gonna get older, mm. and this is essentially yeah. potentially yeah, I, the future. Yeah, because I actually said to Jeremy, "God, we haven't seen really seen any young people, even people our age. I mean, all of those people were we like sixty and over, pretty much. Everyone we saw was sixty and over. Um, there was only one young." Oh, then Al, yeah, that's yeah, right. The only, yeah, yeah, there was only one parts. young, well, there was a, yeah, yeah. And a young guy that she met along the way, but everyone was really quite old. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand that at all, you know. I, I'm guessing it just means that people at that time in their lives are just like, you know what, I've had enough. Because that's what he was kind of saying, yeah. right? When, what's his name? The David. Yeah, Dave. I don't know, David, yeah, yeah. He's like the guy that runs the, what is it called? The, the RV. RV. I actually don't know. Sorry. Yeah, RV. But I've seen his YouTube channel and yeah. like he's He's, he's like honestly, the real deal, this guy. He is legitimate. Yeah. Like he has an avid interest to anyone help, who help does people, this. Yeah. And transition. He, his videos, yeah. there is a lot of videos. Thanks to this movie, his, his yeah, channel. Yeah, and I was actually quite amazed that she didn't know who, who, who he was. was. You kind of, yeah. That's my point. Yeah, that's my point. But then again, her friend did push her in that direction. Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah. So and, and so, you know, she was lucky because she had friends. Now, if she hadn't had that, those friendships, she would have been. That would have been it. But I also think she that. Been, um, like, I also think a lot of van dwellers that do it like seriously like that are very tight knit people. Yeah. And like oh, yeah. she the actually, community. I was actually quite amazed because she did actually get a lot of help from other random people. Yeah. Like people going, oh, there's a church down the road, come and stay there. That was awesome. Because they, really nice. really they knew nice. that she was living in her van. It was really nice. They knew that she was living in her van. Yeah. 
and I, I I honestly believe that this potentially could be the best movie of 2021. Yeah, it's, this is going to be a really hard movie to top, I'm telling you now. Because I know that I've, um, when the Oscars come around, this they, they say that this movie could get a lot of awards, and you can yep. see why. And I will be sitting there clapping for, for them getting yeah. every single one. Because this, honestly... Uh, so, Chloe Zhao... Um, wrote, directed, and edited, and edited this film. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done with your yeah. life? <laughs> Fran- exactly. What did you do today? Yeah. <laughs> Francis McDorm- McDormand was also a producer on this. Yeah. Um, and oh, honestly, yeah, but yeah, but you know what? The crazy thing is, she probably read that somewhere. Honestly, this imagine, is like a once in a million. Imagine chance. getting a script like this and reading it and just absolutely falling in love like to the point where you are you know you have to do this mm. this job this role i mean she was so good and oh gosh she was perfect you know it honestly seemed to me like she wasn't an actress she was actually it was just like randomly yeah. like this this video was yeah this like video something that you see around exactly yeah like something that you see you know yeah. how you see people walking around with their, with their cameras just filming everything it was literally like that like someone was just grabbing a camera and started filming this person who just also happened to be an amazing actress um, she was all, she was so good in that other movie that we saw of her, the billboards. Uh, uh, billboard free was it free billboards outside, outside Ebbing, Ebbing, Missouri? Missouri. Yeah. yeah, and that's understandable. Phenomenal in that too. I would and like to see a follow up on that movie. As well. You know what? I'm gonna follow her. <laughs> She's yeah. like, yeah, um, so so good. Yeah, and obviously this is this is also based on a book. Yes. Um, based on a book, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I mean, like, everything was wonderfully crafted. I think you said, like, five minutes in, you said, this is just amazing. Yeah, it was and, only five minutes, and, and I was I think already I, in love with I it. I actually believe a lot of people potentially might be get bored with it because there's a lot of, I would say, motionless stuff, but I actually found that the most beautiful thing yeah. because it kind of gives you an emphasis of the true loneliness of what people oh. experience doing yep. this. Yep. And some people would will love the loneliness some people probably won't yeah but i actually think there's a lot of community in this yeah there really is yeah and i was surprised about that i'm not mm. gonna lie that really blew me away because when you think of nomads you think of people who just want to be on their own and that's actually completely wrong it, it, nomads are, are like you said a very close-knit community of people um and they give to each other and they are actually very very giving and very very kind um, according, you know, according to the way that this film is is filmed, anyway, you know, all written. Um, whether or not that is the case, I, you know. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling this this movie is very, very close to re- the reality of yeah. it. Um, and and that's why it's so good because it shows you the reality of being in a situation like this. Yeah, I I definitely sh- I. It's quite interesting because. I do see a song, a lot of similarities between Songbird and this, and I. There's no doubt that this movie is a thousand times Sounds better good. than that, yeah. that. But there's a lot of truth between both of these movies. Mm. And I know that Songbird is the more bleaker of, of the both, but this is also can be pretty bleak as well. Yeah, And, and you know a lot what? of truth. It all comes down to your choices. Yeah. That's what it is. It all comes down to your choices. If you make the wrong one, then you can end up literally... Dead. <laughs> Yep, and she was even told that. Yeah. She was told that by one, by that woman, that was Swanky. Yeah, Swanky. There, there was a woman named Swanky, I guess that's her nickname. She she advised her that she she had to be so much more careful with what she was doing because she's literally in the middle of nowhere and if she did and if she hadn't had Swanky, how that's it, she would have been lost. She had no way of recovering from that, yeah. that I think I think that's the flat tire. 
I think that's the worrying thing about this whole th- is yeah. that one one, one, one wrong, thing. It's yeah. it's a very That's why you always have to have a yeah. plan B. Yeah. You either have a plan B or you have a way of getting out of the situation. Yeah. So in other words, you learn the skills, you learn about the things you need to know. So if anything like this happens, you know how to change a tire or you know how to, to check the basic mechanical um, yeah, the basics of a, of a yeah. vehicle. Or, or finding a way to get out of a desert or, yeah. you know... It's Survivalist just, skills. I mean, this is the Survival stuff skills, that should say. really be taught yeah. in reality if, instead of like... If you were thinking of doing this, these are the sorts of things that you would have to know. Yeah. Hands down. You would you would never be able to live the nomad life and not know these things. Yeah, I, I commend you, Chloe Zell, because... Yeah. Um, Beautiful film. Beautiful. Jeez, and it I made, think me, I, it yeah. made me cry in some yeah. parts. Like, te- a little yeah. bit teary-eyed. In some parts. Um, obviously, the male interest in this movie is phenomenal. Like he, like I, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess uh, she didn't really kind of click on to a lot of a lot of moments. Yeah, it's pretty uh, obvious. I, I don't think she was clicking. I think she was clicking. Yeah, I think she was avoiding. Yeah, yeah, she was avoiding he because 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 you know she was still like I said she was still wearing her wedding ring. So there, so there was a lot, and and see when she went back to Empire, that was her finally saying goodbye. Yeah, it was, and yeah, it, it's it's a weird movie because it does end on like what I really think, happened. Yeah, it does. But kind of, I, yeah. I, but yeah. I have we, reason we've, for it. We've I, made our decision. We made it. our decision. Yeah. So we, so at the end of the film, you kind of see her going off um, after she's been to she's gone back to Empire, which is the town that she left behind, um, and. The town where her husband, uh, sorry, where her husband passed away, and she and she goes off on the road. And Jeremy and I were saying well, uh, we're hoping that she went back to David. Yeah. Yeah, to David, the guy that was that she met. Thirsty. Yeah, that Thirsty she, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that she met as when she was a nomad. Yeah. Yeah, because that would have been that that would have been that's just a, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So uh, that's it for us. Um, we have spent a fair bit of time talking about Nomadland, but it does actually. You know what it means. It's it's that, honestly warranted, and warranted. if you have the chance to see it, see it. It's yeah. it's it's a, it's a wonderful movie, and if you do decide to go van life, please really think it through because it's not easy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and this movie will show you. This exactly movie that. will show you that. that yeah. Watch the, this the, film the beauty first. and this and, and and also the hardship of yeah. it. Yeah, great. Awesome. So uh, that's the podcast, that's and we'll see you Sunday with a whole lot of more <laughs> stuff. We got whole, I don't know how many movies we've got lined up. Yeah. But it's yeah. going to be a wonderful train ride. <laughs> or, a van, well or a van ride. <laughs> Just as you didn't say train wreck. Yeah, train wreck. Thank awesome. you very much for listening. Um, we'll catch you again on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.